And nobody wants to be a patient every day. Nobody wants to be a member every day, right? We're just a person. And so as things happen to us, we find that these tools can help in certain places. We don't envision Quill to be something you use every day. We envision Quill is your companion, that's that, that turn-by-turn direction, as you have to navigate something that really is coming up next that is this disruption in your life. Navigating today's healthcare system can be chaotic. More than ever, providing the right information at the right time can make all the difference in improving patient outcomes and bridging the health IT gap. Welcome to The Next Big Thing in Health, a podcast from America's Health Insurance Plans. This episode of The Next Big Thing in Health is brought to you by Teladoc Health, partnering with health insurance providers to transform how members access healthcare. Teladoc Health works with leading health insurance providers, hospitals and health systems, and employers to ensure reliable access to high quality virtual healthcare anytime, and from anywhere. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP to learn more. Teledoc Health is proud to serve not only our health insurance and employer members around the world, but also our provider partners who are bringing our technology and physician capacity to bear at a time when the healthcare system is experiencing unprecedented disruption. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP and download our brochure to learn how we partner with health insurance providers to transform healthcare together. I'm your co-host, Laura Evans, and today we're speaking with Karina Edwards, CEO of Quill Health. Karina has dedicated her career to helping others leverage IT to improve health outcomes, minimize risk, and reduce cost. Prior to joining Quill, Karina served in executive positions at Improvada, Nuance, Zinc's Health, and Philips Healthcare. In 2019, she was named by Becker's Healthcare as Female Health IT Leaders to Know. Today, we'll be discussing what it means to be in the business of helping people organize and navigate their healthcare. Karina, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Let's just start with what Quill Health is. And I know, uh, I understand that it's a combination of a joint venture between Health uh, Independence Health Group and Comcast NBC, which is so um, unlikely and unusual. You wouldn't think of those two groups going together. But tell me how this works and what is Quill? Sure. Um, so uh, Comcast and uh, in, in, in and Independence have a great long history together. Uh, Independence has provided been providing services to Comcast for a long time. They're two large employers in Philadelphia. And so when they were really looking to um, think about how to strategically differentiate and offer a better service together, they brainstormed a concept that first started out as a venture fund. You know, could they do things together in health that would drive net new health innovation that could scale at the, the, the likes of Comcast? Um, when they actually put all of their assets on the whiteboard and they looked, they said, wait a second, why don't we build a company with all of these assets to actually go off and scale and bring new health innovation to not just patients, but to employees and members. And so that's been the charter for Quill. We're all about helping people. Our big mission and vision is organize and navigate your health life. And that's a big, broad goal. And we're really starting with B2B offerings today that allow 
provider organizations, payer organizations, or self-insured employer organizations to deploy the tool to their um, populations, their patients, their members, their employees to use as they navigate their health life. So whether you're on a hip replacement journey or a pregnancy journey, or unfortunately right now you're navigating COVID-19 and you need to understand what resources you have, we can be deployed in that way as an engagement platform on the phone, on the web, and on the television to help people navigate and really drive them through episodes and health journeys of care. Okay. And and I want to get a little bit more on your, on your background in, in just a second, but tell me, so what what NBC brings to it with the with the visual piece and how that plays together with um, the health part of this. You talk about storytelling and telling a journey. Um, why is that important in this platform? It's really important because the whole world right now is about the consumerization of healthcare, and it's really all about engagement. And if we think about how we use technology in our daily lives and we think about how we interact with things every day, it's really short, on the go. It's, it's fed to me where and when I need it. And yet that's not our healthcare experience yet. And so when we were looking at engagement, we really understood that it had to first be personal. So the platform really needs to understand me and be grounded in my goals. So I tell the platform what I'm looking to accomplish. You know, for example, I'm a 69-year-old woman who wants to get back to the golf course, or I'm a 69-year-old woman who wants to uh, walk a flight of stairs and play with my grandkids. Two very different goals for somebody recovering from a full hip replacement, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? We also need to inspire them. I'll use that same example where a kid gets an ACL tear, right? So many young soccer players there tearing their ACLs. Imagine if an inspiring story popped up and it was Lindsay Vaughn telling you how she recovered from an ACL tear and got back to being a ski racer at the Olympic level, right? And then it needs to give tools to let people be empowered with the right information in the right time, either prescribed by their doctor, a best practice, or really on a health path from a, from a member pathway perspective. So bringing all those to bear is what the special sauce of bringing that understanding of engagement to bring to bear the healthcare. Oh, so fascinating. All right. So, uh, and we'll get back to that in just a second, but I want to find out more about you and your journey. We talk about journeys here. Um, what led you to Quill Health to becoming the CEO of the company? Uh, you know, I think with, as with most career journeys, there's been many exciting chapters along the way. Um, you know, I've spent the last 23 years of my career creating new solutions for healthcare organizations that really deliver value to patients and value to the clinicians who care for patients. And so it's been so phenomenal to see how you can bring experiences that are grounded in my personal mission, right? Making a positive impact in people's lives every day um, to bear across multiple channels. So uh, the career has been uh, a lot of different roles starting in implementation. I was a technology um, uh, undergrad and I went in and my first job out of school was implementing a clinical information system for the Department of Defense. And what a great way to experience and see people on the front lines uh, that enable hospitals across the globe. Really, you know, we were taking away the green bar terminal, so I'll date myself a little bit. <laughs> we, are, we were putting in uh, their first personal computer on their desk that was pretty much the size of my home office today. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and as we were doing that, it was really understanding the clinical workflow of those users and understanding how information was being used uh, to help them make better informed decisions. 
And that was the first version of the electronic medical record as we know it, right? That, that, that notion of bringing all of those notes and documentations and the voice of the doctors and the, and the care teams to bear. So every single person that touched that patient could actually deliver and do the best thing with the most information at the right time. So it's been a continuation of that journey. You know, I've had marketing roles where we've created products. Um, I've, I've led operations for companies that have scaled. So it's been great to, to kind of find myself here as a CEO of Quill. It's, it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing year. It sounds like it. And it sounds like a perfect fit for you as well. And to be a female and a leader in this space too, that's, that's pretty remarkable. How important is it to have female leaders or does it matter? I, I believe it does matter. I believe diversity at all levels is really important. I happen to be a female. I believe my leadership journey was unique uh, because I started a, a whole lifetime playing team sports. And for me, that led to leadership, you know, being a captain of a soccer team, being able to uh, lead individuals and, and really be able to pair off each other. Leadership, you know, isn't for everybody, though. And I think that's one of those great career choices as people start thinking about their own journeys. What's their personal mission and what drives them? What gets them excited? I know some of the most amazing individual contributors that bring so much value to an organization. That doesn't mean they need to go lead 2,000 people, right? If that's, what you, if that's what gets you up in the morning, I think follow that path. Um, it, it all starts with making sure we, you know, we really bring diversity to bear in our processes and our policies. And I think we still have a long way to go, to be quite honest. So I am very proud to be a female leader in this, but it was really a, a something that, that I was called to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So t let's go back to the digital engagement piece of this. How is Quill separate and different from any other company that's out there? What do you guys offer that others do not? So it goes back to understanding that personalization aspect and making sure we get engagement right for the person. Um, I'll give a few examples. I think examples bring things to light. When, when you're going on a health journey, um, let's use a bariatric surgery, right? That's a huge lifestyle change. You, you are literally going in this and you have to really assess why are you doing this? What are your stated goals? Because I think as a healthcare institution and healthcare organization, we've relied too much on this is the best practice. And oh, look, here is my non-compliant patient population or my non-compliant member population. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I say that's a failure a little bit from a health system perspective or even that clinical encounter because it all starts with understanding the individual and making it then personal to them. If you understand their goals, if you understand what motivates them, if you understand their background, you're way more informed and bringing this, every clinician wants to know these things, right? They wanna be able to get the best outcome from the patient. And so bringing this to bear in a digital format so that the patient can really consider all of their options as they're going through this life-changing event and set them up for that best success on the outcome. So I think we're different because we personalize this, not only from the institution buying the application, but also for the individual using the application. We also bring along caregivers on the journey. So members can invite their caregivers, their um, loved ones, their spouses, their friends, their neighbors to get them and help them through this. And so it's not just that the caregiver comes in and sees the member or the patient's journey. They actually get their own journey. And so how do they best support this individual going through this bariatric surgery? What time do they need to pick up the patient from the procedure? 
What do they have to do in the household to best prepare to have long-term success? How can they be a partner in this? And how can they have the tools that they need to navigate this journey as a supporting individual? So it's super interactive. It's where you are. You can, you know, anybody at any age can really engage in this. Is it, is it harder for an older population to get this concept? It's been great to see. You know, we've done a great uh, pilot uh, in orthopedics for hip and knee replacements. And that, that demographic does skew older. But I think what we're finding there is they're very digitally savvy when it comes to web. So it's not just a phone-based application, right? There's a phone version of it, but there's also a web version of it. And so we're really meeting people where they are. They can also follow along the content on their television. And so if they happen to have Comcast Xfinity and they say into their remote control, Quill Health, or what happens next? We actually bring up the Quill app and they can pair their experience right there and do things like rehabilitation or self-directed exercises, a post-surgical procedure right there in the comfort of their living room. Okay, so when you just said, so what happens next? Is that, is that the cue to say, in my journey, what should I be thinking about next? What should I be doing next? Is that how it works? We like to break down things really step-by-step, turn-by-turn directions to let people know what they need to do next. So they don't overwhelm and get overwhelmed with all the information. When you go through a surgical procedure, think about it. You go in, you have to consider a lot of information. You make the decision to have surgery. And then as you're walking out to the schedule, you get handed this huge packet of information. Mm -hmm. It's very overwhelming. And so can I take this and really break it down to in this timeline before your surgery date, what do you need to know before? How do you best prepare? Okay, you're about to go in. What happens next? When you get discharged, what should you expect? And how do you then continue on that recovery path? When we're, when we're selling this, we're really bringing together providers and payers in value-based arrangements. This tool right now is really suited for those, those value-based um, arrangements that are uh, shared risk and value across those populations. So really making sure we enable the provider organizations to engage the patient 30, 60, 90 days post their procedure with daily check-ins, how is your pain today, Um, how are you doing, and that is all done on a digital platform, so they can actually focus their outreach, not on every single patient, but those that might be struggling, those that have questions, or those that might not be recovering as expected. When you talk about the overwhelming piece of this, if you you look at the big picture, it is overwhelming, but so it sounds like what Quill is doing is really helping consumers navigate the healthcare space to make it easier. Back to our mission, organize and navigate your health. And everybody jumps in. Nobody wants to be a patient every day. Nobody wants to be a member every day, right? We're just a person. And so as things happen to us, we find that these tools can help in certain places. We don't envision Quill to be something you use every day. We envision Quill is your companion, that that turn-by-turn direction, as you have to navigate something that really is coming up next that is this disruption in your life. What are some of the big challenges that you're facing in trying to accomplish all of these, these goals? Well, the first thing I'll say is we're new, right? So we're 18 months old. Uh, we have an amazing platform that we've launched uh, early last year, and we've gotten some great outcomes on that. We've, we've proven that the best way to activate 
um, members or patients is really a, I use air quotes here, prescribed by provider type approach, right? When you're going through that orthopedic surgery and the doctor is saying, hey, I know it's a lot to take on. Here's an app that will help you navigate this. And I'll be monitoring you along the way. So if you have any questions, you can just ask, right? That goes a long way in really getting a population onto a digital tool. I think the second piece is the, the member needs to know that you're there for them. So as they're in that upfront part right now, imagine a different journey. I have to consider orthopedic surgery. Well, great. What are my options? What are my benefits? What should I be doing and where should I be going? Payers really want to make sure that, that they, the members get the best care at the highest quality, right? And what happens a lot as a consumer you're jumping all around because you're getting different opinions. You might be going to different health systems. And if I know that there's a distinction center that does this the best and has the best quality outcomes, as a member, I want, as a payer, I want the member to know, hey, you're considering a hip replacement surgery. Did you know that these distinction centers are the best high quality resources for you at your disposal right now? Mm. So we can help navigate them to the right benefit that will help them at that part, that part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And how else do you think that this is going to evolve? In what ways do you think that technology is going to transform overall health insurance and health care on a larger scale? We're in a COVID-19 crisis right now. My mind goes there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we need to see what happens in this post-COVID world. I, I don't believe we're going to shy away from value-based contracts. I believe that change from fee-for-service to value-based contracts will still continue. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball, but that's my belief right now as I, as I enter this. And so as we do that, they're going to need tools to really help manage that risk and get people quickly to the right information. We're becoming so digital, digitally savvy as consumers. Why should we expect anything different in our health life? Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's learning those personalization pieces, learning that digital persona, adjusting it to segmentations, like you were talking earlier about demographics and different user types and how best to reach them and how to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And talking about, you know, the future of digital health um, and things are, like you said, changing so rapidly in this COVID crisis. Um, What are you most excited about with Quill and where it's going in this world now? For me, what was very exciting was, you know, COVID happened and we're sitting here 19 days later. And it's such an interesting time because in just 19 days, I was able to to shift my team and show the flexibility of the platform. And we launched a COVID-19 preparedness tool. And for us, that was a phenomenal, you know, effort just to get through not just the information about COVID and the symptom checkers, but really how do I navigate the new realities of my post-COVID and during COVID life? setting up a home office, doing self-care, being a caregiver, helping people homeschool, coming up with a plan for your household, even simple tips and tricks of how do I grocery shop safely? Because we were all overwhelmed, I think, with so much information, we distilled it down to that next turn-by-turn directions of how do I navigate this? How do I organize this? Right. Um, you know, so I was super proud of the team to be able to pivot that quickly and show at scale because we launched that to our customers, our employers, and our owners. So it's been great to see the team um, come through this. I think what's next for us in this post world is you're going to see a lot more providers needing to do remote patient monitoring, needing to get patient reported outcomes. Telehealth has gotten a huge hit through this, I think, in a very positive light. 
but it's telehealth combined with patient reported outcomes that um, providers can see over time when the patient can report them versus having scheduled one-on-one -on -one visits um, on telehealth. So I think it's a practice extender and it's more of a remote patient monitoring tool to support organizations in this post-COVID world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting how quickly things are changing. I actually had my first telehealth appointment with my doctor just this morning. And I, I would imagine that doctors are going to be able to treat their patients much more quickly because our call was very short. And, and it's, um, but, but it's interesting to watch, watch this all develop. What would you say, since the name of this uh, podcast is the next big thing in health, what in your eyes is the next big thing in health? Care is coming home, and care has always been coming home. We've been seeing this transition for a while, and I believe this actually uh, brought it to a, a, a pinnacle. So now you're going to see, I believe, a lot more remote patient monitoring, a lot more telehealth, a lot more adoption of the tools that exist today, because there has been that reluctance, I think, with certain populations that believe they really need to go see face-to-face -face that provider. And they're proving during these times that they can still have this great virtual relationship with a video camera. Mm -hmm. And I want to also ask you one more question about um, disruptors or disruptions. Is there anything that you think is going to come out of this? Any, any evolution that maybe you didn't see before um, that we should be watching for? I think it's an acceleration. You know, we've been talking about the smart home for a, quite a long time. And if you think about it now, uh, with the amount of sensors that we have with the different smart speakers and wearables and other non-invasive, not cameras, but, you know, just motion detectors, think about how we can take all of this telemetry and bring this back to provider and payer organizations to really understand wellness at home. I think it's a whole nother level of acceleration as we bring more technology to bear and really get people home and healthy and recovering where they want to be. So a lot of new trends, I think, will come out of this because of this rapid acceleration of new technologies and new adoption. Karina, it's so fascinating to hear all of this. I really appreciate your insight and, and uh, educating us all about what Quill Health is and these journeys. I think it's very, very exciting. Karina Edwards, CEO of Quill Health, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. As the global leader in virtual care, Teladoc Health offers the only comprehensive solution that spans telehealth, behavioral health, and complex and chronic care at scale. Teladoc Health's flexible technology platform expands physician capacity and enables health insurance providers to overcome one of their biggest challenges, scaling to address the broad spectrum of healthcare needs across commercial, Medicare, and Medicaid populations. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP and download our brochure to find out how virtual care is helping health insurance providers overcome their biggest challenges. So I want to bring in my co-host, Matt Isles, to um, give some of his insight um, on the heels of that conversation with Karina. And um, while we're talking about COVID-19 being the top priority for everybody right now, Karina mentioned how this crisis has really shifted most elective and routine care online to telehealth platforms. Matt, what steps have health insurance providers taken to help facilitate this transition that she's talking about to telehealth? 
And what an amazing transition and rapid transition mm -hmm. that Karina was talking about. I mean, the shift from the in-office visit where a physician or a nurse or some other healthcare practitioner is physically laying their hands on you to treat you to virtual has been phenomenally fast. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in healthcare with respect to it being sort of moderately used with a little bit of uh, uh, utilization here and there to being almost every type of an imaginable healthcare treatment and service. Um, it, and health insurance providers have been incredibly supportive of it for multiple reasons. One, we want to keep patients safe. We want to keep physicians safe. And to the extent that you could use telehealth, either through video, phone, multiple uh, uh, approaches, you know, proprietary platforms. I mean, it has been a, an amazing uh, shift in a very short period of time. And I don't think we're going to see it going back to the way it was pre-COVID. Can I just ask you, I'm curious if you don't have access to the technology for telehealth, because you're talking about this really quick shift to, um, to telehealth and how, how fantastic it has been. But if you don't have access to that kind of technology, is that also a hiccup? Is that something that we need to explore? Potentially it is. Uh, but I think we also need to look at telehealth in its broadest definition, uh, which is really something like remote care, right? It's not in-office care, it's remote care. And it could be done in multiple ways. It can be done through uh, a technology platform that we're familiar with, some of the names that we've heard before, uh, like Teladoc, uh, right? So that's one. It could be done on a health insurance plan's proprietary, like their own system. Um, it also includes things like just phone or, or Zoom that we've all gotten uh, accustomed to. Um, and it, it, we really need to think about it in the broadest way. I think where we have concerns are um, in disadvantaged communities where they might have more limited access to technology just because it's harder to have broadband or cell phone service and, and may not have that. But health plans are uh, stepping up to make sure that those individuals can have access to the technology. There's something known as the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission Lifeline Program that enables the, the provision of phones, mobile phones, and other technology to connect individuals. There's also an issue in rural communities, right, that might not have access to um, broadband at all, not just reliable broadband that they can that, but they might not have it at all. And so are they able to really use the technology platforms? And that's a really big issue in parts of the country. Uh, but where, where that broadband service does exist, it can really help expand provider networks into areas where there are underserved populations. Great example, mental health. We, yeah. There's already a shortage of mental health provi uh, providers, um, but, and in rural areas, it's even worse. Uh, being able to use mental health, uh, telehealth services, especially at this time that there's been a dramatic increase in, in the use of mental health services, and appropriately so. This is just such a challenging time. Mm -hmm. um, Thing that I think is going to continue for the foreseeable future. Really. Yeah, really interesting. So, you know, t staying in line with the conversation about technology and, and talking about Karina's conversation, um, 
she talked a lot about the the joint venture between Independence Health Group and Comcast Universal, Comcast NBC. Um, what are the advantages of these kinds of partnerships, and what do you think we're going to be seeing more of um, in terms of those kind of unlikely partnerships in the future going forward? Right. What a novel arrangement, right? Uh, two two organizations that might have a business relationship together, but you wouldn't necessarily think of it in this context with respect to a, a new platform and a new company that, that they really formed. I mean, I, I think it's just representative of the types of innovations that we're seeing uh, within the health insurance provider ecosystem and then more broadly across uh, the entire U.S. economy as uh, companies recognize that it's incredibly important to invest in health and that the opportunities that they have because healthcare is so important and also such a large part of our economy uh, creates these sort of strange bedfellows opportunities. And I think we'll probably see more of them to come. And any, any other, any insight, any sneak peeks <laughs> in these uh, strange bedfellows? I don't have any any special knowledge of, of, of these, but right, if you sort of rewind back to a couple of years ago when um, Haven was originally formed, which was the JP Morgan, Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, Right. Mm-hmm. Combination, you know, one of the, um, you know, I don't want to say the first ones, but certainly a, a high profile one. Right? I think there's been a lot of uh, interest, energy and attention to some of these whole ways of approaching healthcare and technology. And how do you really get closer to the end user of healthcare, the, the patient or the consumer? And that's really what this is about. And I think Karina talked very eloquently about how do you engage that healthcare consumer? How do you meet them where they are? How do you take them step by step through their healthcare journey? And not just them, right? They're caregivers, right? That they're thinking about the people that they're engaging with at the same time, not just the patient, but people who are helping provide support and care for them, which is very, very innovative. Mm So Karina also mentioned the importance of bringing together providers and payers in these value-based arrangements, especially when it comes to coordinating long-term follow-ups to significant healthcare journeys. She talked about journeys like surgeries, um, once those eventually resume post-COVID, um, or you know when we're able to uh, to access uh, you know opportunities like that in, in the hospitals. What what are health insurance providers doing, and what can payers be doing to help? facilitate success in those partnerships? Well, it's never been more important than now uh, to really facilitate those relationships. And and what we've seen as a result of COVID and the deferral of so much healthcare, the elective procedures that you mentioned, all right, non-urgent care and, and other types of healthcare, that the, the hospitals and the providers have been suffering. Yeah. Right, because their revenue has been dropping. Mm-hmm. Health insurance providers are acutely interested in moving from a fee-for-service-based payment system into these innovative value-based payment arrangements. And if more of them existed today or pre-COVID, we would not be having the same conversation about having to save hospitals and physician groups and others because their revenue has been dropping mm. because they would have been getting paid all along. Um, the way they wouldn't be getting paid for each individual sort of treatment and service. They would be taking on risk. They would be uh, treating a population and they would be getting paid on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. 
significant amount of what they would normally get under a fee-for-service system, and we wouldn't have this challenge that we're facing with um, hospitals and other healthcare providers where they've just seen their revenue drop uh, dramatically in a really short period of time. And I think it really hammers home why we have to uh, innovate and evolve very quickly towards a more value-based mm-hmm. system. Yeah, that makes sense. So one thing that she did say that, that Karina said that would stood out to me was that nobody wants to be a patient every day, which um, that makes sense. What lessons can insurers and other members of our healthcare system take from what she said, that we don't want to be a patient every day? Right. I think it's meeting that individual patient consumers or where they are and how they work in the world and how they engage with the healthcare system or don't engage with the healthcare system or how they want to use technology. It's really evolving to meet them where they are. Uh, Karina talked about, you know, how technology and so many other parts of our world, um, right, you sort of use it as you need it and you engage, you know, how uh, is most effective for you. And I think those are the types of lessons that the broader healthcare system, health insurance providers and others need to learn from to really meet people where they are and how they want to navigate uh, the healthcare system and their daily life. Virtual care is helping more people access high quality care for a broad range of conditions while avoiding the doctor's office, urgent care, and the emergency room. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP to learn more. Recognizing the critical role that virtual care plays in the delivery system, Teledoc Health helps health insurance providers care for members, including their highest risk populations by offering high quality virtual solutions as the front door to care. Visit teledochealth.com backslash AHIP to download our brochure and learn how virtual care is becoming the preferred entry point into healthcare. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of The Next Big Thing in Health. If you like what you heard, tell a friend and remember to leave a rating or review. 